Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing across all of our campuses? Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, 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 everybody at Banta, Franklin, Seymour, Garfield Park, everybody on eMicrosites, everybody right here at Greenwood, and everybody watching online on a boat this weekend since it is July 4th weekend. We are so glad that you're here with us. Can we give it up for all our first-time guests as well across all of our campuses? We are so glad that you're here. My name is Aaron Beasley, and I am an, uh, on staff here. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I get to bring to you a brand new series. Pastor Danny is on a study break, and so we would love for you to pray for him. But I get to bring a brand new series called Axe to Grind. And what this series is all about is how many of us are believing things about the world, issues about the world. It's kind of what our pastor talked about last week. If you missed that, he talked about... Uh, the sixth sense, how we live in this spiritual world and there's spiritual warfare going on. And he talked about the world. And this is kind of building off that a little bit and where what happens is, is we believe issues in the world and that is keeping us from the abundant life. And so we have an ax to grind. And the ax to grind is an issue that needs to be eliminated or changed in our lives so that we can experience the abundant life that God has for us, and that abundant life is that no matter what happens to us, we can have peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Like we can live, we can bring heaven down to this earth, but there's an ax to grind. There are some issues that we need to eliminate or change. And that's why I love Romans chapter two, or 12, verse two. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. All right, and when we do this, then we'll learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Like, we will experience the abundant life God has for us when we start to change our minds and not live like the rest of the world. And so the first axe to grind that we're going to go over is victim mentality. Victim mentality mentality. Now, I just want to say something. I want to clarify something right now across all of our campuses, everybody watching, everyone here at Greenwood is this, is I'm not talking about real victims today. So if you have been sexually assaulted, abused physically, verbally, if you've gone through a traumatic experience where someone in your life has been murdered, I'm not talking about real victims today. Because as a church, we care about you, we love you, we want you to get the help that you need, and we have an amazing counseling center, we have pastors that wanna walk through with you through those things, because God wants to help you through those things. And Zachariah says this, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, judge fairly, 
and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners. And the poor, what's he saying? He's saying the innocents, the marginalized, like God cares about them. And do not scheme against each other. So because God cares about real victims, we as a church care about them as well. I'm not talking about that today. I also want to clarify that when you walk into a church, I think all of us have expectations that everyone is going to live like Jesus all the time, including myself. And what I want to tell you, though, is you're walking into a hospital. Let me explain what I mean. Is like when I go to a physical hospital, I don't expect everybody to be healthy. Actually, I expect the opposite. There's going to be people there that need surgeries, and they have diseases that need to be healed, and there's doctors that need to help. And it's the same way here in the church, is that we're dealing with spiritual sickness, and we all have it. And so sometimes, in this place even, you may get hurt, or expectations may not be met, or experiences may not go the way that you want. And we try very hard as a church to not have that happen. We try to move people forward, but you're walking into a hospital. And so we all need God's grace. We all need healing. We all need surgeries. And so that is why you're even here today. And so I just wanted to clarify all of that because that isn't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about when I say victim mentality is this. It is the perspective that things constantly happen to you and that you have no power to take action over your life. Let me say that again. The perspective that things constantly happen to you and that you have no power to take action over your life. It is very easy to have this mentality. You know how? Because I do it. Actually, I did it a few months ago, right here at work. Let me explain. There were some people who came to me and they weren't doing what they were supposed to and so I gave them advice and I asked them to do this and they didn't do what I asked. So then they came back and I said, you need to do this and they didn't do what I asked and so then they came back and I said, you need to do this and they didn't do what I asked. And so now I'm getting a little upset. And I said something to them that was inappropriate and not in the right tone. And my boss found out about that and I got in trouble. And I didn't like that very much because they made me talk that way. So I went home to my wife after I got in trouble and I was explaining this situation about these people who came to me and they kept not doing what I asked and then I said something that I shouldn't have said and then I got in trouble and then I needed to apologize and I needed to say sorry and I was like, can you believe that? And what was I doing? I was playing the victim. I had a victim mentality and you know, God bless my wife uh, she makes me more like Jesus all the time. And she looked at me and she said, well, why don't you just shut your mouth? <laughs> and I was like, that's not what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to console me. I wanted you to rub my back and say I was right and that these people were wrong and I had every right to say what I was supposed to say. And that's not what she did. She said, shut your mouth. Stop letting it get you in trouble. And I didn't like that very much. And you know what? I bet some of us do that as well. Like maybe a boss isn't doing 
the job that you think they should do or a teacher or your parents aren't doing what you thought they should do and you start talking to people and talking about how bad they are and why you're the victim in this situation, right? Or how about you order a pizza and it's 30 minutes late and it gets there and you open the box and it's not the right pizza or it's only got like six pepperonis on it and you ordered extra pepperonis and you're like, why me? You ever have that happen to you? You ever hear people say that? Why me? Or you know, you're driving and someone cuts you off and then your tire explodes and you're like, just my luck. You hear people say that? Just my luck. This is my life. It's raining, it's raining. Now it's pouring. You hear those phrases, right? Playing the victim. How about this, teenagers? Your, your parents won't let you spend the night at a friend's house when everybody else can spend the night, and so they're the bad guys, and they're terrible, and they won't let you, and it's not fair, and you're the victim in this situation because everyone else gets to do what they want. Which, by the way, this is a side note. I just want to say something to the teenagers, too. If your parent is parenting, thank God that they are. You should say thank you to them, right? Am I right? That's a side note. This has nothing to do with my talk today. It's nothing to do with my talk. I just think God wanted me to say it. You should be thankful that your parents are parenting you. That's great. It's good. But we can play the victim, right? Or how about this? Your spouse isn't listening or doing something that you would like them to do, so you go on social media and you air your grievances because you're the victim in this situation? Or the ump at your kid's game is calling strikes, right? Only against your team, right? And so then you start arguing with the teenage ump, right? That doesn't always go well. Because your, your son's team's the victim, your daughter's team's the victim in this situation. We all do it. It's easy. It's easy to play the victim. Why is it easy? Well, let me go over a few reasons why it's easy to have a victim mentality. It gets attention. In a world that has a lot of noise where all of us want to be noticed, it's very easy to get attention by just airing your grievances, like I said, on social media. Because people are just like, I'm so sorry that's happening to you. Praying for you, sorry, right? Nobody, nobody wants to say, did you talk to the person that you're talking about right now? Nobody says that, right? On va- they just, you, because you're getting attention, you're getting noticed. So it's easy to have a victim mentality. Or you're around, you know, your friends at work or at school and everybody gathers around because you have this story, the sob story to tell them and everybody's listening. It's just, you get attention. You know, another reason is we don't have to be accountable. Just like I was trying to do at work, I was trying to put the blame on other people instead of taking responsibility for my own actions so I don't have to be held accountable. We do this all the time. It's the, it's the job's fault, it's the boss's fault, it's my spouse's fault, it's my kid's fault, it's the government's fault, it's everybody else's fault but mine. We don't have to be accountable, so it's easy. How about this? We can manipulate. We use it to manipulate people to feel the way that we feel and to get them to do what we want and and the other side doesn't get to tell their story but we can tell our story and so we're manipulating the situation. That's why it's easy. It doesn't matter if there's better ideas or better facts, it's just about getting people to get on your side. Or how about this, we don't have to change. You don't have to change, it's easy. 
because it's everyone else's fault, you're waiting for them to change, then you'll change, right? Or how about this one? It gets rewarded in our society today. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. So, you know, like your teenager over and over argues with you and finally you just let them spend the night. Or finally the boss changes a policy because everyone's complaining and it's, oh, woe's me, and then finally it gets rewarded. So we all are victims. And I want to tell you today, it's, e it's so easy to have a victim mentality and we do a lot. And what I want us to know is it's dangerous. It's dangerous. This is why it's an ax to grind. It's why we need to eliminate and change it in our lives. Because first, this isn't in your notes today, but I think this is very important for us to understand, is it actually hurts real victims. Like nobody knows who the real victims are, right? So it's hurting them. We're hurting real victims because of our mentality. It's also dangerous because it disempowers us. Like, I'm just stuck where I'm at. Because it's the government's fault, because it's this person's fault, because it's my boss's fault, because it's my spouse's fault, I get stuck. And I don't have to get out of the situation. You know how I know this? Because I did this when I was in high school in my early college years. My parents got divorced when I was in middle school and I blamed my parents. I blamed my parents for a lot of things. And then my dad got remarried pretty quick afterwards and I was even more mad about that because he didn't ask my opinion about if I liked uh, my soon-to-be stepmom. He didn't ask me about my thoughts or my opinion. And so I held that against him like, and her, and they did that to me. It happened to me, and it was their fault. And so I lived in this world of bitterness and anger, and I could never get out of it. And then, and then when my stepmom would do something, I'd call her names behind her back, or I would go to other people and play the victim. And when, when reality, you know, sometimes, yes, my stepmom wasn't perfect, but she was just trying to learn how to parent teenagers. And, and, and then I would sit there, and I would even do things to make her mad on purpose and then blame her. You ever done that? And they're like, it's not my fault, it's your fault. And this is what I was doing, and then finally in college, I heard a message and God spoke to me and said, you're part of the problem. And your stepmom and dad, you need to forgive and move on because you're stuck and your relationship is stuck. And so it was close to Mother's Day, and so I called my stepmom on Mother's Day, and I said, thank you, and I apologized for my behavior. I didn't ask her to apologize for hers. I didn't ask my dad to apologize for his. I apologized for mine. And because of that, our relationship has grown tremendously. But I was stuck for a long time, and some of us today are stuck we're stuck with other relationships. We're stuck with maybe our finances. We're stuck with our, our bosses. We're stuck with other employees. We're stuck in many areas because it's everyone else's fault and it's disempowering us. That's why it's so dangerous. You know, it's also dangerous because it sucks the joy out of life. You ever met someone like this? Like everything's negative? Oh, it's sunny outside today. Ugh. God's trying to burn me. 
Oh, it's raining outside today. Now I don't get to do my outside activities. Why, God? Ever met these people? Right? Sucks the joy out of life. They're angry at everyone. They're mad about everything. Nothing ever goes their way. Oh, they got a raise and I didn't. Just sucks the joy out of life. It's literally like this. It's like Eeyore floating down the river. We're all just... Mm. Nobody likes those people. See, and this is why I love this verse in Colossians to this. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with what? Thankfulness. You know, if you're a believer in Jesus today, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be overflowing with thankfulness because of him. Can I tell you today why the world can't believe in Jesus as much as they should? Because there's a bunch of believers walking around just like them. Playing the victim, having a victim mentality, going, woe is me, why me, why is this happening? And an unbelieving world's like, you're just like me. And what I want us to know today is it's not about what's happened to us. It's not about what we have. It's not about who did it to us. It's about who saved us. And when you live that way, you can overflow with thankfulness. But when you meet somebody who's just always negative and victim mentality and life is too hard, it just sucks the joy out of life. It sucks the joy out of the room. And it's dangerous. You know, and and lastly, it's dangerous because it damages relationships. I already told you about how it damaged the relationship with me and my parents. And, And this is happening all over the place. Right, I see this at funerals all the time. Like someone passes away and assets are getting divided and I see people be like, they're getting the car? They're getting the house? They're get- what about me? Why does my brother get it? Why does my sister get it? Why does this person we don't even know get it? And then all of a sudden relationships, I, I see families start to split apart because they're the victim in the situation. I see it happen. I see it happen right now in our country. Republicans, Democrats, and everybody gets mad, and everyone's the victim. Everyone's the victim. And so then it's like, well, I don't like you, and I don't like you, and you don't think like me, and we're the victim. We're the and then all of a sudden people just get in silos and they block people and they don't want to talk to people. And the next thing you know, nothing's getting done except arguing. It's hard. And it's easy, and relationships are getting damaged. It's damaging families, it's damaging neighborhoods, it's damaging our country, it's damaging churches. This is why it's so important to talk about this. This is why it's an ax to grind. We have to eliminate this, we have to change this. It is hurting us. And we cannot have the mentality of the world We have to change our mindset so that we can live the abundant life that God 
has for us. So if it's easy to have the victim mentality, like it's easy for me, it's probably easy for you, and, and it's dangerous, then we need to learn how can we not have a victim mentality? We need to learn how to cope with this. Like how does God want us to cope with this? Well, first, what we have to understand is that except that life happens, except that life happens. Like I, oh, I wanted to put another word there, but we're in church. I didn't think that that would be appropriate except that, well, you can fill in the blank, but except that life happens. What, what I mean by this? I mean that the question, why me, is not a great question. You know what's a better question? Why not you? Why not you? Because can I just tell you, life happens. All of us are going through things. All of us have bad things that happen. All of us have good things that happen. All of us are in different places. Some of us have bad things that happen for years. Some of us have good things that happen for years. And then it switches and then stuff happens. Sometimes you have good things happening and bad things happening at the same time. This is why in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this. For God gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends the rain on the just and unjust alike. So when it rains here, it's falling on evil people and good people. When the sun shines, it falls on good people and evil people. Like, life happens. Stuff happens. We need to accept that. Like, it's not happening to you. Like, you got the flat tire. So what's God trying to do? Through the flat tire. You didn't get to spend the night at your friend's house. That's okay. What's God trying to do? You got the cancer. All right, what is God trying to do? Why not you? What's he doing? Through the situation. Accept that life happens. I don't want people to die in my life. I didn't want my grandpa to die. I didn't want other people in my life that I love to die. I didn't want my friend to die this past year. But life happens. So what are you trying to teach me, God? What are you trying, that life is short and I should spread the gospel even more? What, like, what are you trying to do? Accept that life happens. Another way that we cannot have a victim mentality is this. Own up to your own mess. Like, take responsibility. Like, sometimes things happen to you because of the choices you made. And guess what? Sometimes there are consequences to those actions. It ain't the boss's fault. It was my fault that I said the words that I did. It didn't matter that those people were also wrong. I was also wrong. Own up to your mess. We live in a fallen world, and you're a fallen person, so you're contributing to it. That's why I have a phrase. I have a phrase. It says this. People stink. <laughs> Can we be honest? People stink, right? How do I know this? Well, I was at Crumble Cookie the other day, and I was in line outside because, you know, it's not a very big space. And so I was outside the line waiting to get my cookies, and I had been waiting a while. And there was somebody I knew that came in the line behind me, and so I turned around, and I was talking to the person. I was like, yeah, we were talking. And the line was moving. I didn't know that. And the next thing I know is these three teenage girls cut me right in the line, right? 
Like, it just cut me right in the line. I turn around, and I'm like, like, I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm like looking at other people, like, and they're like, and then everyone's like, should we say something? And then, you know, I, thank God I didn't have an Emmanuel staff shirt on, but I was like, should I say something? I don't really know. I'm like praying about it, and I, I'm mad, right? And then they do this thing where they're like, they're looking back at me, and they're texting each other, and I know they're talking about me, like, we just caught the, we cut the bald man off, the short bald guy, right? And like, they're making fun of me, and so then that's making me even more mad, because I'm like, I just want some cookies, and you three girls are cutting me, and then they got up to the to punch in what cookies they want, and they're taking forever, so then that's making me even more mad, and then the Lord kept whispering in my ear, it's just cookies. Don't ruin your witness. Don't ruin your witness. And the point of the story is people stink. They do what they want. But I want to finish the phrase for you. People stink, and I'm a person, so I must stink too. Because I did the same thing to a little old lady. That's right. In the grocery store. Let me explain. For whatever reason, the grocery store, it doesn't matter what time you go to it nowadays, I think it's always packed. I don't understand it. Where'd all these people come from? And so we're waiting in line, and she's just got a full cart, right? I mean, it's completely full. And I've only got a few things, and I'm like, ooh, like I really need to go. I got two little kids. Like I'm making all this justification in my mind. And she gets up and she leaves her cart. I'm like, where's she going? Well, I guess she forgot something, so she's going back in the line. So I'm like patiently waiting. Well, finally the people in front of us got done, okay? And like nobody was in the line. Like literally she's just like, her cart is in the way of getting in the line. So I'm like. <laughs> and I literally move her cart to the side and I push my cart forward and I start putting my stuff on the line. And guess who shows up right when I start putting the stuff on the thing? The little old lady. And she's looking at me like, you just cut me. And I was like, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> and she just waved, and, you know, it was cool. I think she was still mad at me, but I cut her, just like those teenagers cut me. I'm a person, so I stink too. And the truth is, we all stink, all of us. We're all selfish. We all want to get to a place that we're going too fast. We all want things to go our way, and that's the truth. And that is why John says this in 1 John. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. You know how you can work on victim mentality is realize that you've probably hurt someone too. And you will hurt someone. And things won't go your way, and you'll get mad. And sometimes you make decisions that there's consequences, and it, things don't always work because of the world that we live in. So own up to your own mess. And number three, you want to overcome a victim mentality, you have to realize this. You are a victor, not a victim in Jesus. You are a victor, not a victim you know how I know this? Because Paul, 
The Apostle Paul was once Saul, and he was persecuting the church, and then he had an encounter with Jesus, and his life changed, and he continued to preach the gospel about how God changed his life, but people didn't like that. And so Paul had just finished preaching the gospel, and people had come to know who the Lord is, and this is what happened. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Ichium, and they won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the town thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. What? I'm going to tell you right now, if I was stoned and left pretty much for dead, the last thing that I would think about is getting back up and going back into the same town. You know what I would do as a man of God? I'd be like, God, they almost killed me. I'm a victim here. Rain down fire on these people. Burn them all up. That's not what Paul did. He went back into the town and he preached the gospel. And then he went with Barnabas for a new town the next day. How can you do that? Because it's never about what was done to him. It was never about what he had. It was never about who did it to him. It was always about who had saved him. And so his life was different. And people noticed it, that even the people that stoned him, he went back into the town to preach the gospel. This reminds me of Victor E. Frankel. I love Victor E. Frankel. He was a man who, he was arrested by the Nazis, and he went to three concentration camps. Three concentration camps. And he lost his dad at one, he lost his mom at one, and then he lost his wife at one. So if anyone has the right to be a victim, it is this man. And this is what he said. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstance. To choose one's own way. You can... If you are a believer in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, we should be victors. Always. No matter what happens to us. You mean when the pizza guy shows up late and then he even ate a slice of the pizza from your box? Absolutely. You mean when someone says something that's really mean to you and it hurts and they shouldn't have said it, even somebody here at the church? Absolutely. You mean when somebody hurts me more than I've ever been hurt before? Like maybe we go back to you're an actual victim today. You've been sexually assaulted, abused. Someone in your family's been murdered. You can even get to the place where you're a victor. How do I know this? Because I've seen people do it through the love of Jesus Christ. I've seen it. And now they're preaching and they're giving their testimony. And how were they even able to do that? Hebrews 12 tells us. How do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. Like, how did he endure? How did he go? Because he already knew he had victory and nothing this world threw at him, no matter what the devil threw at him, no matter what people did to him, it didn't matter because he knew he had already won. And so he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
And now he's seated at the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. We get to choose. We get to choose our attitudes. We get to choose our mindsets. And I have no idea what you've experienced. Maybe there's someone in this auditorium or at some other campus that has hurt you. Maybe something hasn't gone your way. And what I'm here to tell you today is Jesus Christ knows about that and he's endured the same things and he's a victor. And we are called to be victors as well. So that when the world looks at us, people will go, what's different about them? And we can say, Jesus Christ saved me. And it doesn't matter what I have, It doesn't matter what's been done to me. It doesn't matter who's done it to me. Because God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit have me in their hands. And I have victory. Somebody cuts me off in traffic. May God bless you children. My teenager won't listen to me. My parents won't listen to me. God help me love them even more. Somebody says the worst things about me that aren't true. God, help me pray for them today. Because we can be victors. That's what Jesus Christ did. So my question for all of us today is how will you start to live a victor mentality? How will you start to live a victor mentality? How will you choose to have an ax to grind with the victim mentality that our world desperately wants us to act so nothing gets solved. That is not how God has called us to live. Paul didn't live that way. Read Hebrews 11. It's my challenge. I didn't challenge any other service this. Read Hebrews 11. It is the hall of faith. Read it today and read all these people who were not perfect people but trusted in God and they went through some crappy situations. But they are in the life and the hall of faith because they put their trust in Jesus and God the Father in the Holy Spirit. Today, though, I I know that some of us, we need to start living a victor mentality because we've never given our life to the one who actually is victorious, and that's Jesus. See, if anybody was an innocent victim, it was Jesus. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died for all of us. He was beaten, accused of things he did not do, betrayed by his best friends, and hung on the cross, which is one of the worst possible deaths you can ever imagine. And he didn't stay dead, though. He showed us that he was truly God by conquering sin and the grave, and he rose again. And that is why he is victorious. And that is why all of us can be victorious because it's not about what we do. It's about what he already did. And today you can put your trust 
in him. You can put your trust in his kingdom, in his ways. And it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the words behind the prayer. And I want to give every person across all of our campuses that opportunity to put their faith in the victorious God. And that is Jesus Christ himself. And you can say something like this to God today. God, Lord, I've been blame shifting. I've been blaming other people, blaming what people have done to me. I've blamed bunches of systems. Or God, I've put my trust in myself or in other people. And what I'm learning today, God, is I don't have to live that way anymore. That God, you came to be my victory. That Jesus, you came to be my victory and you lived the life that I couldn't. And then you sacrificed yourself for me to take my sin, to take my mistakes, so that then I could live differently. And so today, I am putting my faith in what you did for me on the cross. And that you died and you rose again and you live so that I can be different. That I know I will not just go to heaven when I die, but I can bring heaven down to this earth. I can have the abundant life now. And so God, here's my life. I'm putting my trust in you today. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Holy Spirit, guide me. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And as a church, we want to give it up for all those people. It's the best decision you ever make. I promise you, my life has never been the same. And this is what we're going to ask you to do is text SAVED. Text SAVED to 65248. This is a starter kit. And if you're at one of our physical locations, you can go to the information desk, which is in the lobby, and we will get you one of these. And it's got a New Believer's Bible in it. It's got a coffee mug in it. It's got next steps in it for you. And so text SAVE to 65248. And if you are online, we will mail you one of these because we want to help you in this journey called faith. Church, can we give it up one more time for all those people? And my challenge again today for all this is how will you live a victor's mentality? We do not have to be victims we can be victors in Jesus. Will you join with me as I pray to close and then I'll turn it over to our local teams. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you are a God that showed us that even when we are innocent, even when we've been hurt, even when things don't go our way, or Lord, even when we make the mistakes, there is grace for us, there is mercy for us, and you are victorious. And so we can live the same way. God, will you help us live this way so that we can show a world that desperately needs you? We love you, we praise you, and we give you this time. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. We love you guys. We hope to see you next week. Happy Fourth of July.